0: You are listening to the podcast of Open Life Church. We are located in Bonnie Lake, Washington and meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Bonnie Lake High School. Thank you for taking the time to download our podcast or visit our message archive page at livinglifeopen.com. If you are visiting us on our message archive, I just want to make you aware of two things. First, there's a link just above the audio display where you can download our fill-in-the-blank handout. And second... After you're done listening, we would love for you to follow the link on the upper right side of the page that says Let's Connect. Here you can tell us a little bit about yourself or tell us something that we can pray with you about. Feel free to give us as much or as little information as you'd like. Wherever and however you are listening to us today, we are excited you are here and we hope you enjoy it. Now here's today's speaker. This
1: week I did something. It was enough is enough. You ever just get to the point where it's like enough is enough? I, I reached that point this week. Um, Dana, my wife, who's home caring for our flu-ridden child, um, was complaining again as her computer crashed for probably, there's no way I would have put up with this for this long, you know, which is why I use a Mac. But anyway, she was using her PC, and uh, it was crashing, and 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 just over and over again, like, She's got an uncontrollable web browser. I'm like, what did you download? You know, what did the kids download? No, how do we rid this disease from your computer? So finally, I, I, I took it to my friend Jose from the Chamber of Commerce. He's a computer service uh, tech guy who owns a little store there next to Caps and Taps Lake. Caps and caps, whatever it's called, right there. So I went in and and was like, uh, you know, what do I do with this thing? And we opened it up and look at it. And he and and he was like, wow, you know, yeah, you need to just, you know, this is here. Here's the deal: we we could totally um, restore this. We can, uh, you know, return it to factory default if you backed it up. So luckily, I backed it up, which took forever, and uh, got all the stuff ready to go because saw the writing on the wall that that's what we are going to have to do. But it made me nervous because I was like, you know, they, once he quoted the price, that made me really nervous. I was like, really? <laughs> that's like, I put air conditioning in our van, back into our van this last summer, and I was like twitching at the po- price of that right i 'm going i don 't think the van's worth that anymore, but air conditioning's important, so anyway, so we were you know I was having that same experience with the computer and uh, uh, and, and then I thought i got to be i 'm a tech guy. I should be able to do this right? How hard is it to hit return to factory default or whatever it says, and so i didn 't give it to Jose, I took it home and uh, you know, you're supposed to, like, I Googled how to do it because Google always tells the truth. And so I went in there and started, you know, hitting the right buttons, and it got to that moment. I was so nervous, right, when it's like you have four options on this random screen before anything logs in. And the option number one is you lose everything, but it'll bring it back to factory default. I'm like, return to factory default. Restore a computer. Go. You know, and then it's it's been going. Um, as of this morning, as of this morning. So that started at around um, I don't know, sometime yesterday afternoon, and, uh, and and it totally went through its deal. It took a lot of time, a lot of patience. And, uh, and then it booted up kind of quick, right, because there's nothing on it. And then I started downloading the programs, and it, it, it restored the documents, not to the correct date that it was the last restore. I didn't quite get that. But it was like doing things I've never done, so I hope it's working. And, uh, but this morning it had this note, like updates needed. And so, you know, and I, I hit go on that, which is funny because I'd already had this part to open my talk today and it was 100, They needed to do 156 updates to the windows. And I was like, oh man, I'm never going to, this thing's never going to work again, right? So I was a little nervous, but supposedly it's going to fly, it's going to be crazy good. Uh, it's like this computer is going to go back to like its, its perfect operating system, at least that's what Jose told me would happen if I follow through and do this. Now, I could probably just sit down and you could preach the rest of this message and take that illustration and see where I'm going with this because my computer has just been reborn, right? It's been totally returned to factory default. And truthfully, when we make a decision to follow Jesus, we are reborn. We're returned to factory default default, right? Like, we're returned, because this is what's hilarious. Her computer, 500 gigabyte computer, was full. When I restored it, there was only 177 gigabytes on it. Now, either I lost a lot of her data, and I'm not in trouble yet because she hasn't figured it out, or Um, there was just a bunch of crud that didn't belong on there, which is most likely the case. So (laughs) anyway, so, you know, that was the the kind of unnerving thing to realize. But then I started thinking about it in context with what I was going to talk about today. And just the reality that we have a bunch of stuff in us. Oftentimes, just because of where we go and what we do in life, we get a bunch of stuff in our life that just doesn't benefit us. It's hindering us. It's filling up our capacity in life, but yet it's not beneficial to life. What would happen if we would just allow ourselves to be restored, back, reboot, return ourselves to right relationship with God in a way that allows us to have the full capacity to live life to the full? And that's where I'm going to go with this talk today. Originally, I was not preaching today. I had uh, a guest, Warren Bullock, that was going to be with us today. And he is was my senior pastor in the church I was youth pastoring at in Auburn that didn't let the vision die of there being a church in Bonnie Lake. And I'll talk more about him at the end, but he had a surgery this week that He was still on pain meds, and for some reason, he was a little afraid of what he would say on pain medication. I was like, but that might be kind of fun, honestly. It'd be kind of, it'd be, he's like a statesman. He's an orator. It would have been so awesome. He's like, thus saith the Lord, kind of a voice. It's amazing, like James Earl Jones. You close your eyes, you're like, Simba. But anyway, we're missing that. And we'll have to have him here later, because honestly, part of celebrating 5 years of open life is just giving honor where honor is due and this would honestly not exist without his persistence and hearing from the Holy Spirit knowing God had something that he was going to do in this region and and I'll visit that here at the end of the talk today before I get all sappy and emotional right at the beginning so what is God trying to make room for in your life why does he need you to return What's been taking space that you need to fill with Him? And how would life look? 2 Corinthians 5.17, it's on the top of your handout. If you're a handout filler-inner, you can do that. If you wanted to experiment, this is just for free. We're messing around with an app that's going to be here sooner than you can realize. And one of the things that we're toying with is whether we should do the live groups platform on you version, If you have you version on your phone, you can find our service and outline on there under Open Life. It's free. It, it, we're not really using it, but we're experimenting with it today. So, you can find our notes there if you want them. Uh, but handout, this is the passage, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, I know the old is gone off Dana's computer, I'm just hoping the new will come. I haven't yet proved that yet. We're still in the middle of the experiment. The old is definitely gone. Uh Uh-oh. How many of you have ever had something valuable stolen from you? Like, Okay, so not like your place in line or your bus ticket or a pen, or your lunch, or your pride. But something like big, right? Purse, wallet, cell phone, computer, your identity. That's brutal and happening a lot. We probably don't realize it, but there's multiple of us out there, right? We just don't know it yet. Um, Your car. So I've had two of these happen. I've had my car stolen before, and I've had my computer stolen before, and I'm going to talk about both of those for a quick second. The car is weird. I used to live in this split-level house, right? And I was in this corner bedroom over the driveway. Like, for some reason, the builder thought, I know, cool, let's put the bedroom over the driveway. So it was just really random design. It kind of came out from the house, and so I literally parked under my bedroom. And I woke up one morning and looked out to go to work, and my car was gone. I was like, why did Dad take the car? Why did Dad take the Honda? And uh, so I went around the corner, and Dad's there. My mom doesn't drive, never has, never will. And, uh, and so I was like, uh, if you're here, and I'm here, and we don't park in the garage ruh right? And uh, sure enough, the car was, the, like, there was a little piece of the car left on the driveway, the, the lock that popped out. But I was like, no. So, you know, we had to file a police report and then uh, found it on the side of I-5 in Northgate. And I lived in Shoreline at the time, so it wasn't far from home because guess who had to go get gas before they went to work that day? So they literally made it about five miles and ran out of gas on the side of the freeway, but busted up my car in the process. And so, you know, it gets towed to a towing place and and, and locked up and I have to bail it out of that. And then I have to replace the locks. And this tells you how long ago this was. They stole my entire double-sided cassette tape holder with like Fifty quality new Christian tapes in it because I just made a decision to follow Jesus not long before this I had like for him come on somebody Mm. you know I had some quality artists in there Crystal Lewis it was big time Clay Cross Michael English oh yeah first call Anyway, so I, I had all these groups in there, and, and, and they took that. I was like, they took the Christian tapes out of my car. I was laughing at that one. I was like, well, bless the Lord. Let it be a witness. you know. So so they uh, got this chance to listen to Christian music and break up my car. But I got my car back, but it took a lot of expense. I had to go get it. It did not come to me. It took work to get my car back to its Running self, to return it to the way it was, was not convenient. Now, in Bonnie Lake, I don't know if any of you remember this, it was like about five years ago when my computer was stolen. I did something I do still to this day. I don't know, I didn't learn my lesson. And uh, 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 every once in a while while drinking coffee in my office, Starbucks, I need to go to the bathroom. It's (laughs) part of the natural process of coffee drinking. And So I was at the Starbucks right there next to Walmart and Office Depot, and I was like, bathroom's right there. I'm sitting at this table right here, real close to the bathroom, all is well, right? So I look around, kind of look at everybody. I'm going, huh, I kind of, you know, judge everybody in the room real fast, being honest. And I was like, oh, that one person, oh, I'm probably still good. I'm not going to be in there that long, right, number one. Anyway, so I go in, TMI, and uh, I... when I come out of the bathroom and look at where I'm sitting, my computer's gone. Gone. And freshly relieved, I have a burst of energy, and I'm like, I'm going to find whoever just took this, right? Who's pulling a joke on me is what I thought first, so I kind of look around the corner here, and then I go into the front and look around, and I'm like, I don't know anybody here. This may not be a joke. So I go up to the baristas, and I was like, the girl that was sitting back here, did you see where she went? And they're like, you know, she ran out of here through the drive-through in that way. I'm like, no, she just took my computer. And they're all like, oh no, the pastor's computer. You know, it's a dramatic little moment. And I was like, that way, yeah, that way. I was like, can you watch the remaining stuff, like the plug? <laughs> I don't know. You know. And so I, um, I, I just took off right, and I saw that she was like nowhere in sight so i hopped in my car and started driving and sure enough she like pops out from behind Jiffy Lube and i whoop up like i wasn't even thinking what if this person's like dangerous right i jump out of my car and i'm like stop and i'm like wait i don't have a badge or a gun or nothing i'm just like dude you have my computer and she was like i don't know what you're talking about i was like okay let's just let's be honest I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm a pastor. Like, that makes any difference. I'm a pastor. Now she may want to keep it, (laughs) you know, if she doesn't like church. I was like, and that's like the church's computer, and, and I'm going to get it back. And I could call the cops, or you could give it back to me, and we could just have a talk. What's going on? And she begins to weep, and she reaches inside her bag, pulls out my computer, and starts telling me a story about her life and she didn't know what city she was in, and she didn't you know, woke up in Prairie Ridge somewhere in some dude's house, and, and uh, all the story just went on and on and on. And uh, I ended up making sure she got on a bus and was heading back to home and made some communications, and I was just like, "That was crazy." That was crazy. I was glad to have my computer back. But I was able to touch somebody's life at the same time. And it made me think of this first point today. The enemy comes to steal, and Jesus comes to bring life. John 10.10 says it. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I mean, this this girl or whoever took my car, they were… They're just trying to steal, get some quick cash, get some quick money. That's what she wanted to turn that computer around, and get some quick money. And uh, but th- that Jesus has come that you may have more full life. I hope in a way I was able to touch her life by praying with her that day and helping her get home. But I may have hindered her by not having her arrested. I don't know. You know, you kind of make that judgment all right in that moment. Would she have learned her lesson paying the price? I don't know. But I hope it helped her. The enemy wanted to steal her life. The enemy wanted to steal the computer. The enemy wanted to do it. But Jesus wants to give life. So the devil stole something that God that, from God that God really, really wanted back. So much so that he sent his son to return it. To pay the ultimate price. To get back what the enemy tried to steal. And that's friendship. In harmony with you. It's interesting. The word reconciled in scripture literally means returned to harmony. Return to harmony. Because it's in that place that you have peace, hope, and love, and which which brings life and, and life. To the full, which John ten ten just said, Jesus came to give life and not just life life to its maximum capacity. get rid of the stuff that 's trying to still kill and destroy your life, and fill it up with the stuff the space to do what's, what 's what you 're destined to do so here 's the text right 2 corinthians fifteen seventeen we read in the NIV 84 version, I'll read it again with the additional passages. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. This is what it continues to say in verse 18. All this is from God who reconciled, again, returned to harmony us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So now I've got the ministry of returning to harmony. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, he was committed to us he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You don't even know how you got the malware or the viruses in your system. It's just from living life normally. God's not going to hold it against you. Because he's in the business of reconciliation, not condemnation. He's just trying to get us back, return to default. Because it was completely harmonious with him, like we had right relationship with God, righteousness, right relationship. And now, Because we get to experience right relationship. He empowers you and me to have this ministry of returning others to him. That word ambassador. I don't know if you're a news freak like me. I try to catch what's going on every once in a while. Or get like a USA Today or CNN alert on my phone. and, And it was a big deal, like fail, that the U.S. only sent an ambassador to the whole like terrorist march and stuff in France, and, it was, and, and then we had to apologize, and it was kind of n- didn't look good on America because we only sent an ambassador. And sometimes you'll feel like that. You'll feel if you're actually trying to bring hope and healing and peace and love and life to your friends, sometimes being an ambassador of Christ is just not going to be enough for them. They need God to show up in their life. But here's the deal. He will. That's why you and I pray for our friends, and we pray for our city, we pray for the 80,000 people in our radius that do not have a relationship with Jesus because there's life to the full available for them. There's malware they're unaware of, existent in their life, and the Bible calls that sin, that Jesus came and paid a very high price for us to return to God's intention for our life. Number two, Jesus gives us ministry and a message. It's up to you and me. We are the ones now that Jesus is trusting to get this message forward and proclaim hope and peace, not condemnation, but hope and peace and forgiveness and harmony and a relationship with Jesus. We can help people return to God. We can help them experience life to the full. It's a big decision for people to choose Jesus, even to choose to expose themselves to Jesus, to shut your computer down and hold down the zero while hitting the power button. Dana's computer was going, sounded like this weird alarm, and, and I was like, am I breaking something? And, and, and all the Google stuff said, just keep holding it down. Be patient. And you know, you're kind of holding it down, and sounds like the fire alarm's going off, and you're like, oh, no. And it's like, meh, finally, it comes up to a random screen that usually you don't see, and you start going through steps you usually don't hit, and then there's that final moment where you make a decision to follow through it's very uncomfortable for me. I'd never done it before. And those who come to church for the first time ever in their life and hear about this relationship with Jesus, and maybe they've been seeing that there's a difference in your life, and they want the fruit that's in your life, but they don't know how to get connected to the tree, and they're like, uh, and then you tell them how. It's a big decision to push start. So we need to have patience. That's what God's put you and me here to help have patience in that process because eventually somebody's going to push go and we get to help them find peace. I was reminded of a passage in John 3. John 3, 1 says, there was a Pharisee, so the religious ruler of the day, right? A Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, We know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot. (laughs) I could just imagine this, you know, I don't know. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Now, if Nicodemus was sarcastic or a visual learner, I can only imagine what he was doing there at the moment. Surely, Jesus, wait a second here. Born again. Help me out here. I'm old. You know, I mean, do you expect You know, what was it? Was there visuals? I don't know what was going on, but I kind of picture Ace Ventura too when he's in the rhino. Okay, it was just awkward moment. Was that too much? Okay, here we go. So you could say, Nicodemus said this, surely they cannot return to their mother's womb to be born again. What are you talking about, Jesus. And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said. And do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we've seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe, but then will you believe if speaking of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. So Jesus is like, me, right? Verse 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world, and this is what we're familiar with in the story, the conclusion. John three sixteen and 17. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Wow. What an interaction. It's not condemnation but restoration that will hit restart. We need to be reborn just as Dana's computer was reborn, just as my car was reborn, just as it was like a brand new baby when I held up that computer. I got it back. That was a big moment. That would have been a big loss. I hadn't backed it up. Anyway, I do now. I just look at this and go, what's the purpose Jesus has for us, right? He's given us not just a ministry, but a message that there's new life. That we could choose to, to follow the Spirit and get back everything that's been stolen through Jesus, which is final point. The Spirit compels us to mission. Did you catch the fact that it said Spirit gives birth to Spirit? In John 3:4, there. It says it this way in Hebrews 9:14: how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. We are compelled to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's why Open Life exists. People leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus. We're given this ministry to return people to a right relationship with Jesus, with their Creator, so that they can finally enter the fullness of their potential, the peace, the hope, the life to the full. And it's to live a life going in each of our own ways and places of work and mission to lead and impact people with this same hope you've been enlightened to. That's the mission. We should be compelled to go to work. It's an opportunity. It's a reason to live and plan for our life. God has given us mission everywhere we're at. So here's the words that really shook me this week that I wanted to bring to you. Worship team, you can come up. I was looking in Jose's eyes there I've been told how honest he was, and, and I've met him a couple of times at Chamber of Commerce events, and, and I was, was exp, it was expressed to me how truthful he, he was from multiple people of good reputation. So I, he had some great referrals. So I went in there, and, and he took my computer and looked at, like, all the mechanics of it and the brains and said, it would cost you $200 to have me fix this. And he says, Thad, i got to tell you it's worth it and i was like i'd prepared this talk slightly by then and and he said it's worth it it's worth restoring it's got a lot of life left and i started thinking about my friends who don't know jesus and I was like, wow. They're worth it. They're worth me engaging in the ministry of returning them in a right relationship with God. To help them see Jesus, to, to serve them, to connect with them, to share life with them. It's worth it because they're worth it. The life change stories that we were able to hear last week three stories that are worth it. I mean, Lori, you're worth it. Rami getting baptized last week? She's worth it. You engaged in the ministry of returning, and we do it every day. People are worth it. Now, later this afternoon, the Seahawks are going to minister through the gift of returning to the Super Bowl. But that's a whole other subject. Not near as serious, but I had to get out of the teary moment there. We have to return to God. We have to be reconciled to God, and we have to just live that life for others. So let me reverse a little. We started in 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? Let me go back two verses or three to 2 Corinthians 5.14. Christ's love compels us. It says, for Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all. For all, therefore, all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. What a privilege to be the reflection of Jesus to people around us. We've been given this mission of love, to love people. And the person who's not speaking today is Warren Bullock. And he uh, wouldn't let this thing die. Churches had merged, and after 10 years and a bunch of issues and all these things, it shrunk down to like 12 people and closed its doors. And he was like, there has to be a church that will love people that don't know God, that have never had a church background, somebody would understand. And the Holy Spirit showed up, and the Spirit gave birth to something called open life in a room And I was excited to hear him tell that story and say thank you because he didn't let the Holy Spirit's voice in him shut that down because he could have easily said, well, we don't have any resources to help a church start. Little did he know God was going to give birth to something that would impact so many people's lives. We're a part of that. Reconciliation. And I don't know where you're at today, Maybe you needed to hear you're worth it today. Maybe today you need to understand that you're always influencing, you're always leading. Whether you recognize it or not, you're impacting people's impression of Jesus. You're on mission at your work, you're on mission in your life continually. Maybe you just need to get on mission and embrace it and start impacting people's lives around you. I wanna pray for you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this word return that you've given us to reflect on and this season of open life entering our sixth year here. And I just pray that, God, individually we would understand we're worth it, but, God, you would help us see the world and the people in our neighborhoods and our families in our workplace in our commu- and when we're on walks, when we're in the community, that we would just see people who are worth it You sent Jesus for us because we were worth it. Now you want us to help others understand that. So empower us. Some in this room maybe need to right now say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I get it now. I get it. You loved me. You're not judging me. You want a relationship with me. You want to return me into the right relationship with you. So here I am. I choose to follow Jesus today. I want to love you more. I want to grow in relationship with you. And we celebrate with that decision. Now we're all on level ground. And we are empowered to go love people the way you loved us. Help us be that this week, in Jesus' name, amen. As you reflect on maybe how you can apply this talk today. Dave's going to sing a song, and you can look at the back of your connection card, finish filling that out, and there's some responses there. And I'll be right back in a second to close this out.
0: Thank you for listening to today's talk. If you have a question about what you've heard today, or if you have a need we can pray with you about, feel free to click on the Let's Connect or Need Prayer button on the upper right side of the Message Archive page. Or if you're listening on iTunes, you can always email info at livinglifeopen.com. If you'd like to join in the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can give online at livinglifeopen.com by following the Giving tab and clicking Give Now. We're excited you took the time out of your busy week to listen to our talk. But have you ever thought about visiting us on a Sunday morning? We meet at 10 a.m. each Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School. We would love to see you on a Sunday, and then you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing online. Finally, stay up to date with everything Open Life by visiting livinglifeopen.com, following us on Twitter, or liking us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day and week.